Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, and thank you for joining um, us tonight for the Word of Life Bible Study by way of TalkShoe.com. Tonight, I'd like to try and finish our teachings on getting to know the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. I say try, try, because it is important to always be taught by the Holy Spirit. Yes, I do study, but I... I always invite and try to yield to the authority and leadership of God's Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus tells us that the Comforter, that is the Holy Spirit, will lead us into all truth. The Word of God is truth. And it takes with the wisdom of God, his Holy Spirit, to reveal that which is contained within his holy and righteous Word. So two weeks ago, I ministered on the, gifts of, on the gift of teaching. So tonight, I would like to complete our teaching by teaching on the following gifts of the Spirit. I may not delve as deeply into them as I have been in the other one, with the other ones, but I think it will be sufficient enough for us to be able to take, for you to take notes and to be able to go back and do some uh, in-depth research for yourself. And that's the basis for our teachings is not only to uh, for revelation purpose and and uh, and teaching purposes, but also to I encourage you to delve deeply into the Word of God and spend time in the Word of God for yourselves to get to know more and more about what the Word of God is saying. And then, of course, to develop a stronger relationship with God by endeavoring to study His Word. So tonight I want to do some teaching on the following gifts of the Spirit, the gift of service, the gift of health, the gift of faith, the gift of exhortation and discerning of spirits, showing mercy, giving, administration, wisdom, and knowledge. That sounds pretty ambitious, but we'll try. So our scripture is coming from Romans chapter 6, chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. So if you have your Bibles or your smartphone, or your, or your smart tablet, turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 12, and I will read verses 6 through 8, and then we will go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I will read verses 1 through 11. Hmm. 
Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. For ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who sows mercy, who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Christ a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. For the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another faith by the Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let's thank God for the reading of his precious and holy word. Father God, yes, we indeed thank you for the reading of this holy and precious word. We pray for the word that's going to be coming. We pray for the people that are listening. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray that they would be here, they would be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. We thank you, Father God, that your word is truth, your word is life, your word is sweeter than a honeycomb. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So, Father God, we just thank you as we anoint, as, as the anointed word comes forth, Father God. Father God, we lift up pastor. Father God, and all that you have called them to, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God, and we thank you for the hearings of his word. In Jesus' holy and righteous name, we give you praise and honor. Amen. Amen. Thank you, our executive pastor, for praying that wonderful prayer. You give me just a moment here. I, uh, I left my computer a bit too long because it went to sleep on me, but... So now, if you have your Bibles, if you have your your tablets, or you have your smartphone, let's lift those as we prepare to make our declaration on tonight. Let's, let's lift those now. Let's make our declaration. Repeat after me, if you will. If I receive this word, receive this word with my mind only, my mind, this, word this word will be dead, be dead for me. But if I receive this word, receive this word with, the my mind, with the Spirit over my mind, this word, this word will be life for me. Lord, Lord I, don't I don't need religious form and fashion. I need life. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you ready for some life in here on tonight? Are you ready for some life in here tonight? Yeah. Come on, let's give God a hand. Thank you for being here. 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 Thank you for
last uh, couple Sundays ago, that Thursdays ago, I talked on last gift I talked on was teaching. And so I want to start tonight with the, the gift of service. And it's very, in Romans chapter 12, verse 7, it says, well, ministry, let us use it to end our ministry. And, of course, the word ministry um, in this particular sense is diakonia, diakonia, and it's the Greek word, and it means service. And so that's why we use the subtitle that I use the title, service. And so it is general word ministering or serving to others. So we use so we this gift is serving to others. Very simple. The word is used in a broad sense to refer to ministry and service to others in in a general way. So a sample. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about when we talk about uh, the use of this word ministry. Ministry, or as Paul uses it, or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering or in our service. And that is Timothy and Erasmus served Paul in, while he was in Ephesus. And now you'll find that in Acts chapter 19, verse 22. Turn to Acts chapter 19, verse 22, and, and we'll, we'll read that uh, quickly here as we move on. As I said, as I said earlier, I'd like to try to get through these earlier. Um, I mean, tonight, so we can begin. I already have, a, you know, I think the Lord has just laid on my heart another um, uh, series here, and I think this one, this series, that this next series will be somewhat shorter than this series that we had, uh, getting to know the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. If we don't finish this tonight, we'll certainly finish it on next Thursday, I pray. So, Acts chapter 19, verse 22. So, it says, so he sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. So here we see that Paul, Paul is saying, talking to the Ephesians, he's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's talking about how Timothy and Erastus uh, ministered to him or served him while he was there in Macedonia, well, while he was there. And uh, uh, in Macedonia, where he stayed in Asia for a time, and so Paul served the Jerusalem believers by bringing them to bringing them a monetary gift. And this is the second way example of service I'm talking about, where Paul served the Jerusalem believers by bringing to them a monetary gift. In Romans chapter 15, verse 25. Turn there with me, if you will. Romans chapter 15, verse 25. That is the penultimate, as we like to say, chapter within the book of Romans. Romans chapter 15 and verse 25. And you find, but now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. And that form of ministry is serving. If we go back there, Romans 15 and 25. Let's go. Let's go up here, if you will, to um, Romans chapter 15, starting at verse 22, and we'll read that. For this reason, I have also been much hindered from coming to you, but now no longer having a having a place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come to you. When 
ever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you, for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for a while, but now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are at in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they they are their debtors, for if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of, of you to Spain. But I know that when I come to see to you, I shall come in fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. So we see that before Paul has a, he's talking about going to Spain. And the truth is, Paul never did make it to Spain. He never did make it to Spain, but that was his desire to go there. Uh, and But what he was doing, he had to go, he, his plan was to go to Spain by way of Jerusalem to drop off the money, the money and the gifts that were given by the uh, Macedonians and, and the Macedonian and the Achaia churches uh, that he collected for them. So that's the gift of service because they served, because Paul then served them with the gifts that they received from Macedonia and Achaia specifically for those who were suffering uh, from lack in Jerusalem. And then Paul, and then we go to uh, Onesiphorus, uh, served at Ephesus in 2 Timothy 1 and 8, Onesiphorus. In 2 Timothy, rather, chapter 1, verse 18. 2 Timothy, if you turn there, Onesiphorus. That is a name. And I pride myself on being able to pronounce these words without with very little struggle whatsoever. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. And that's just another form of service. And as I stated, and and I try to be mindful of this each time uh, that we that we minister from the gifts of concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is that every gift is given for the church proper. It is not just for you and I to enjoy our individual gifts. God gives these gifts to us. Yes, we enjoy them but we are not the only ones that they are designed for. The gifts that God gives us is designed to serve the church. Every member in the church should benefit from our gifts. So that's important. And then, of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 tells us that it's not for us, but for, not just for us, but for the benefit of all. And that's important to remember as we um, delve more and more into the gifts of the Spirit. And Onesimus. Uh, uh, was helpful to Paul while he was in prison. And if you will, turn to Philemon, verse 13, or Philemon, rather. Philemon, verse 13. 
let's say, for example, let me use an example here if I can. You know that there's an elderly couple that lives uh, next door to you, and they're and it's snowing outside, and they really need some things. They can't get out of the driveway. You know they're too old to do it. So you take it upon yourself to get out, and you help them by removing the snow in, from their driveway, allowing them to be able to get out and to drive. And sometimes it may just be that they are, instead of, you know, you may want to just say, well, is there something I can help you with? Do you need some things from the store? I'd be happy to go to the store for you. You know, that, those are the kind of things we talk about when we talk about helping somebody, uh, undertaking on behalf of somebody else or, or of another. That's just important. So the word is similar to serving, and, and it seems, and some see both of these gifts as the same, helps and serves. And I guess we can use those interchangeably uh, to some degree, but certainly they are quite similar, uh, if not the same. So the word occurs only here in the New Testament. But the Greek word occurs for help occurs in Luke one fifty four. Luke chapter one verse fifty four. Turn there if you will. Luke chapter one verse fifty four. If you have it before I do say I got it and go for it. If you like to read it, if you don't have to. He has opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Is that it? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 154? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Let me read it from the New King James Version. <clears throat> and it says, Problem with many people today 
is they have a me, me, my attitude. You know, it's they have a, uh, what is it called, a, a self-interest rather than uh, an interest in helping others. And, and we, we all we want to do is the gimme, 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 but we don't want to give, give, give. And you have to learn to give. And no matter who you are, and you have to give. You may say, I don't have a whole lot. Well, you have enough that you can give somebody, even if it's 20 cents, even if it's that 20 cents more than they had. But you know, always should have a heart of giving uh, and helping people that are in need. Uh, and then when you do that, you do that without expecting anything back in return. You just do it because you have that gift. God has placed that gift of health in you. So, it is more blessed to receive than to give. He supports this exhortation for from his own example. So the early church seems to have had a special concern for the needy among her members, the church I'm talking about. And those who helped the indigent or the poor were considered to have been endowed or gifted by the Spirit of God for this ministry. That is the gift of helps. So it is not impossible that the office of elders of, of elders originated in the gift of government or rule. But the same by the same token, the office or duty of deacon may have originated in this gift of health. And the deacon was one who ministered to the needy. If you turn to Acts real quick, chapter six, verses one through sixteen, we we, we find here where the apostle says that not we cannot minister to them, it's important for us not to forsake the giving ourselves to the reading of the word and prayer. And so they had to, they, and so in order for them to be able to continue on doing what they were doing, fulfilling their calling, they had to, they chose to select seven men full of the Holy Ghost, full of Holy Ghost and wisdom, full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit, and they would lay their hands on them, and they would pray for them, and then that in turn commissioned them to serve the needy. Uh, Acts chapter six, verses one through six. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint among the Hebrews by the Hellenists, and we're talking about the Hellenist Jews or the Greek Jews. The word Hellenist is. Is, is the equivalent to Greek. It's the, it's the same thing as Greek. The Hellenist, Jew, Hellenist Jews, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. In other words, they were providing uh, victuals for them and, and provisions for them, and then, but, the, but the Greek Jews were not given something. They were being neglected, not receiving their portion. So then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Uh, and, saying, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Now you talk about full of faith. We're going to get to the gift of faith here in just a few moments here. But a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from 
Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. So we see that the deacons were set apart to oversee the ministration of the daily rationing to those to the disciples or to the to the people within to the church, if you will. The Christians that's in the church. And then we go to First Timothy chapter six verse two. First Timothy chapter six verse two. Those who have believing masters, we're talking about health here, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them, help them, because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. And so he says, teach and exhort these things. So it's important for us to understand the importance of health. Health is a gift uh, that is is obviously necessary within the body of Christ to assist those who cannot do things for themselves or who who have fallen on hard times and, and need help in order to continue on. That's important. Now, let's move on, if we will. So the gift of health means to take from to take firm hold of someone in order to help. So these helping then probably refer to the provision providing assistance and support in times of hardship and distress. Uh, those in need, whether poor or sick or widows or orphans or strangers or travelers or what have you. So it's important to help those who are in need of help. Let's go to the next one, in which the gift of faith. And this is not going to be very detailed, but it is going to, but I do want to talk about it a little bit. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. We read that, but I want to read it just one more time. First Corinthians chapter 12, just that verse, that ninth verse. To another by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. <clears throat> okay, to another faith by the same spirit. Amen. Thank you. So while all Christians have saving faith and they have a measure of faith uh, and they should exhibit faith to sustain them in their spiritual walk, Hebrews 11 is a great example. We call that the faith chapter. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, so forth and so on. Uh, And the gift of faith is possessed by only some believers. We have, every believer has faith, but the gift of faith is a little bit different in that it goes beyond the the normal things that we believe God for. And, And, of course, faith is absolute trust in God. Uh, in spite of what we see, in spite of what we hear, faith is the absolute trust in God. Uh, so, so the gift of faith is the faith which manifests itself in unusual deeds of trust. And I want to deal with that uh, as we go on here. For this person, for this person, it is the person who has the gift of faith, has the capacity or the ability to see something that needs to be done and to believe God will do it through him, even though it looks impossible. How many people know somebody like that? It's hard to tell. I 
I, I like to claim that gift, but sometimes I do have that faith, and when I pray and believe that the, the, the thing that's impossible for anybody else to do, that God will do it. And I have that kind of faith, and I trust the Lord in that kind of faith, with that kind of faith. But the gift of faith is beyond um, all of us, most of us, because it is specific to a specific individual. For example, and if I can use this, use this example, Stephen, the, Stephen in Acts chapter 6, we found that he was a man full of what? Faith. And so he could, he, you know, even while he was dealing with even while he was dealing with the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, and they were coming after him, they, they decided to stone him. Even then, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Virginia. You guys, please excuse me for a minute. So, men such as George Mueller and Hudson Taylor, and if you've ever, if you've not read about George Mueller, you should really do that. And I'm, I'm reading him now, reading about him now. And then Hudson Taylor is another one. I, I have both of the, they're both, I have both the. Uh, Autobiography of George Mueller and the autobiography of uh, well, the biography of George Mueller, but the uh, the autobiography of Hudson Taylor, and I and I'm going to get into those and try to finish both those books before this weekend is out. This week is out, but I mean it's very excellent reading. Um, but they have they are outstanding examples of those who possess the who possess the gift of faith. But before I get there, I want to. So I want to divert, divert my, divest myself here uh, just a little bit and go back some, go back to the Old Testament because I, in my studies, I, you know, I saw Abraham as one of those who had the gift of faith, uh, and of course we know David had the gift of faith, and, and others had the gift of faith. Why? Because they believed that God could do something that the absolutely impossible. God could be, defeat armies for them. God to do all manner of things. But let me just deal with this right quick here. Uh, while there are many men and women of faith in the Bible, let me just point to just about three uh, describe, uh, in describing the gift of faith. First is Abram. Abram. In Genesis 12, in Genesis 12, it is recorded that God instructed Abram to get out of his country. He said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you, God says, a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. He says, I will, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed, and we're told by faith, Abram departed. As the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram, listen, Abraham was seven. Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his mother's son, his brother's son, rather, and all their possessions. 
that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Iran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were there in the land. So right here, Abraham, Abram did not know where he was going. Only after he had left and did all the things and, and, and taken the journey did, he, did we learn that he was going to the land of Canaan. And notice what he did. When God told him what to do, he did him and hard. The scripture doesn't tell us he him and hard, and he doubted or he this, that, or the other, but it, it says he packed up everything, including the kitchen sink. And he left. And he just, he just got up and he just left. We're not told how God guided him and in which direction God guided him. We're not told any of that. But we're told that God led him to Canaan, the land of Canaan. And, and so Abram stepped out by faith and obeyed God. So what I wanted to point out is that in looking at Abram's response, again, he left nothing behind that would give him an excuse to return to his father's homeland. He left his father's homeland, and that was it for him. He, looked, he took everything. In doing so, we observe great faith in Abram. Abram believed that God would, would fulfill his promise. And listen, in Genesis chapter 13, God gave Canaan to Abram because he and Sarai didn't yet have children God allowed the inhabitants of the land to remain there to serve as caretakers until God made Abram's descendants a great nation. And we learned that Abraham was 100 years old when, he, when, when Isaac was born, 100 years old. So that promise that God made to Abraham took 25 years to get Abraham to the position where God needed him to be in order for God to bring forth the children um, that God had promised him, the heirs that God promised him. And that's powerful. And, 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 and I wonder about that in my own ministry, in our own ministry here. You know, I, I, I often think back to Abram and, and how he wanted and did what God told him to do and, how long it took for God to manifest the promise to him, at least of an heir, and then, of course, the offspring to bring forth children. Abraham did not see. We used to say that Abraham did not live to see. We used to hear that Abraham did not live to receive the promise. That's not true. He received the promise. He received the land that God promised him, and you'll find that in Genesis chapter 13. God gave Abram, gave Canaan to Abram, now, and, and, and so if you go there, just go to Genesis chapter 13 real quick. Genesis chapter 13. It's very simple. Right in the first few verses there, Genesis chapter 13, we notice right after Genesis chapter 12, we notice what God said. I'm just going to read some of this. Then Abram went up from Egypt he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. 
And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. And how many of you know that Bethel and Ai is in Canaan? That is the part of the promised land. He had been there before, but because of the drought, the same kind of the same thing happened to Joseph, uh, uh, Jacob, and his family, because God put Joseph in in Egypt, uh, and um, and there was a famine coming throughout the land. A great drought was coming, and God used Jake, I mean uh, Joseph, to prepare the food and the storage of food uh, for seven years. And then there will be seven years of drought. And God, and in that time, God used Joseph was to bring Jacob, his father, and all of his family into Egypt so that they would be cared for. Well, there was a great uh, drought in the land when Abram and his, and his servants and all were walking through the land going, and they were in Canaan, but there was a great drought, and so they ended up going into Egypt where there was no drought. And so just like Pharaoh of Joseph's day or, or Moses' day kicked the children of Israel out of Egypt, so too the Pharaoh, because of Sarah, kicked Abraham, Abram and all he had out of Egypt because of that drought. So this was the second drought, and this was the second time that the children of Israel, well, Abram is the first one that had contact with Egypt, but then Joseph and the, Jacob and all of his children and offspring had relations had an encounter with Egypt, and so now we're in, and so now we're looking at uh, this thirteenth chapter because I wanted to just point out, I wanted to touch on that drought so you would understand. And Ai to this place of the altar which he had made there at first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Verse five. Lot also who went with Abram. Had flocks, and this is where we this is where we're going to get to our the land here. So please bear with me. And and Lot had flocks. I mean, Lot had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was a there was strife between the the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And the case the Canaanites and the Parasites that dwelt in the land, then wherever dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, "Please let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. If you go to the right, then I will go to the left." And Lot lifted up his eyes, and he saw all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go, as you go toward Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the, of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. But here's where I want to go, verse 14. And the, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, he says, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, 
northward, southward, eastward, westward. That would include where Lot went off to. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. And then Abram moved his tent, and he went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. So we see here that Abraham was the owner of the land. God had already given it to him. He just allowed the the, the, uh, the nation, the Hittite, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and all of those others that were in the land to go ahead and care and be caretakers of the land until God had prepared Abram's descendants to be able to come in and take the land. And that's, that's, just, that's just wonderful. And see, and they didn't know it yet. The inhabitants, of, the inhabitants did not know that God had given them that land, but uh, gave, given Abraham that land, but he did. And, and very powerful. So, and but that took an act of a gift. Abraham had that gift of faith, where he believed God, and it was. Uh, and as the as the Rome, as, as Romans tells us, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham's faith was powerful. It was his faith that allowed him to be able to step out on the word of God and believe that what God said He would do, He would do. And God did it. And now it wasn't until until Exodus chapter 14, if you will. Turn there real quick, and we'll try to be quick here. But one thing about Bible study is that we have to go through the word of God, and we need to point it out so that you can go back and study later. Let's go back to 13 real quick here. So this is after the 10th plague. After the 10th plague, after the tenth plague, they they were kicked out of Egypt. <laughs> I love it. They, you know, Pharaoh Pharaoh would not let them go. Would not let them go. But listen, they did eventually let them go. Let's go here, starting at the first. Um, Let's go to verse 17 of, uh, of Exodus chapter 13. We'll just see that they, they let him go. Pharaoh let him go. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not leave them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. God led them. Not, okay. Yeah, God did not leave them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in order, in orderly rank of the land of, out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you and will carry you up by bones carry will surely deliver you and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Now this was another man of faith that had the gift of faith, Joseph. 
what a powerful gentleman he was. So he took their journey. So they took their journey south from from rather, excuse me, from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So we see that Pharaoh eventually let the children of Israel go. But let's, let me just point to verse chapter 14 real quick, and I want to go over to, because I want you to see how God multiplied the offspring of Abraham from one person, from one person, uh, well, I won't say one person, but from one man and one woman, God set off a chain reaction, uh, 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 a method of procreation that far extend, exceeds anything that we, Abraham probably could have ever imagined. Although he believed God, uh, that God was going to make him a father of many nations and that his seed would be so as, as numerous as the, seed, as the, as the uh, sands of the seashore. And if anybody could count those, they would be able to count his descendants. So God promised Abraham a multitude of, of offspring. And Abraham was powerful. Let's, let's take a look at this seventh verse here of, of, of Exodus 14. Also, he took 600, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's, gosh almighty, that's not what I wanted. Please forgive me. I'm, I'm losing my, my train of thought here. But the point I wanted to make is that God produced 600,000 men, not counting women and children. That, that he's of Abraham, that he led out of the wilderness, out of Egypt, 600,000 men, not counting women and children. Oh, that's what I get for being so excited and so zealous, and sometimes I... I know I got some Bible scholars on on the call who can help me out here, right? No? Mm-mm. That's okay. This is the descendants of Abraham. You know, God says he will make them a great nation. And let's see here. He called Aaron and said, Egypt and Pharaoh. And so we go here, verse the chapter 12. <clears throat> they had been in bondage for 400. They had been in bondage for And the children of Israel's journey from Ramsey took about 600,000. Right, verse on 37. Foot, on okay. foot that were men besides children. Yeah, that were men besides children. They very regard, didn't really regard the women that, that much, but... Uh, we have to we have to factor in the women as well because hundred thousand on foot. Mm-hmm. So we have quite a few. Some of them may have ridden horses that is specifically that are on foot. So we may have, they may have had horses. They had the women were carried. The women I'm sure were walking as well. And so that was quite a few. But that's Exodus chapter twelve verse thirty seven. So we see that from the time of Abraham to the time the children of Israel came out of Egypt. They were six hundred. They were six hundred and 
not counting not counting women and children. They were six hundred strong. Now, if you go back to you were six hundred thousand. If you go back, if you will, and to Genesis chapter fifteen, I want you to see something that God said to Abraham. Because God told him before he even walked in, before it even happened, uh, and gave them this gave them the this, the uh, the nine one one before it even happened. Verse verse twelve of Genesis fifteen. Well, let me just go back up to verse um, eight. Uh, Verse 9, so he said to him, me meaning God, so God said to Abram, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these things, he meaning Abram, brought all these things to him, meaning God, and cut them in, in two down the middle. So he split them lengthwise, and he placed uh, and he placed each piece opposite the other. So he put one across from the other with a, with, a, with a space between them, a path, a small path between them, but he did not cut the bird in two. And when the, when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Verse 12, now when the sun was going down, as deep, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, no, this is God now, he meaning God, saying to Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, meaning Egypt, and will serve them, meaning they will be in bondage, and they will afflict them, guaranteed, promise they're going to be in bondage and enslaved for 400 years. And we see that God brought them out 430 years later out of Egypt. And we'll find that in verse uh, 40. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And so he said they will afflict them for 400 years. And then verse 14, and also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. And God surely did. Afterwards, they they shall come out with great possessions, which they did. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a great old age, but in the fourth generation they shall return here to the land that I gave you, the Canaan. They will return here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down, it was dark, and that beheld there appeared a smoking oven or or a burning torch that passed between these pieces on, on on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, to your descendants I have given this land from the river Egypt to the great river, which is the river Euphrates, the Kenites and the the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Rephaims and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. So all of these people inhabited the land that God had given to Abram. And he was giving it, and he said not only had he given it to Abram in chapter 13, but he said in chapter 15, he reiterated, I'm going to give it to your descendants because you're going to be gone. You're going to go to be with your, your you're going to fall asleep, you're going to die, but I'm going to give this land to your descendants after, they, after the fullness of the Amorites have come. And when we talk about the fullness of their sin, they had not reached the point yet where God had determined that when they reached a certain point that they would God will then, by that time, God will bring in the children of Abraham, and they will take the land. 
And God brought them out of Egypt with Moses, a man of great faith, which is why another man that I wanted to talk about, a man, a gift of faith. He believed God. He struggled with it for a little while, but he finally settled in, and he trusted God. When they were murmured in the wilderness because they were hungry, God gave them manna from heaven. They even prayed and talked to God, and God provided the food that they needed for them to eat. He gave them bread during the day, and he gave them quail during the evening. He gave them meat at, at night for them to eat. And, and not only that, but when, when they came to the waters of, um, uh, and, and the water was bitter, God spoke, to, God spoke to Abram and says, okay, here's the bush. Take this bush, cut it off, and throw it in the water. And the water was made sweet, and the children of Israel were able to drink. Another place when they were thirsty, he says, well, hit the rock. Abram hit trusting God, hit the rock, struck the rock, and water came forth. So, so, I mean, Moses struck the rock and water came forth. So he was a great man of faith. He had that gift of faith. He didn't know that he had it until he stepped out on it. And that's what happens. Every believer has a gift. Every believer has a gift that God has given them that will benefit the kingdom of God. Turn with me, if you will, to Exodus chapter 31 because there's a different kind of gift, but a gift nonetheless. Exodus chapter 31, verse 1. Because in Exodus chapter 25, God gave Moses the defense dimension for building the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, including the Ark of the Covenant. But in this 31st chapter, God sent Moses to the person or persons who could do the work for him, to do everything that God had instructed him to do. Listen, verse, verse 6, 31, verse 6. No, let me just start at first. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God and in wisdom. And that is the skill, the knowledge, everything he needs to be able to do what God has given Moses to do and in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels, for setting in carved, carving woods, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And not only that, but he gave him a holy adversary, the son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans. Listen, God gives gifts. Listen, God put these gifts in among the children of Israel to do his will, and all the people benefited from it. God put, and that's why that's why 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, if I can go back there real quick, Paul says, this is not just for you, the gift is not just for you, verse 7. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to the each one for the profit of all. So every gift, that's why I say every gift that God has placed in the church is for the church to benefit from. It's not just for us individually to hold on to, to hold on to and benefit from ourselves. It is for everyone to benefit from. That faith, and when I think about Abram and the faith that he had, how he just stepped out not knowing anything uh, and just going and trusting the Lord, that is a faith that not many people possess. That is the gift of faith. And then another one is Joshua. Joshua chapter 10, uh, 
and I got to finish here, and but we'll pick up on this next week. But turn with me to Joshua chapter ten, because I'm on a roll now. Boy, <laughs> oh, I'm on a roll. You know how the children children of Israel entered into an agreement with uh, a covenant agreement with the Gibeonites. Well, the um, the king of Jerusalem at that time um, saw how Joshua had, had annihilated Ai and his king, and they saw that. And so Adonai Zedek, or Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Horam, Horam, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon, for it was it was, it has made peace with Joshua and the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jeph, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jermuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered together and went up they and all their armies and camped before Gibeon and made war again. Listen, don't don't miss this. This is so this there is a power there's power in covenant agreement. There's power in covenant agreement. Don't miss this. Because Joshua and the children of Israel entered into a covenant with Gibeon, Gibeon called out to sit to Joshua at camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servant. Come up to us quickly, saying, Save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. And so Joshua jumped up. And he gathered the men of war, and they made they made haste to Gibeon, and where where the where the fight was. And then as he was going, oh Lord have mercy! I love this, I love this. Joshua got up and he went on. And then verse eight, the Lord said to Joshua, "Do not fear, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you." Joshua, therefore, came upon them suddenly, having marched. And listen, when God, when you're in a covenant agreement with God, when God is your God, whew, Lord have mercy. I'm, I'm two minutes, a minute past my time here, but give me just a couple of minutes here. Let me just go on that. When God is your God, Lord have mercy. I love this. When, when, when you have a covenant agreement with God, God will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. He will always be there with you. Listen, they came up. He said, not one man will stand before you. So Joshua came up on them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. Now, you know he's got to be tired by the time he gets there, but they marched all night. So the Lord routed them from it before Israel. He made them run, gave Israel so much power that they could not withstand Israel, the army of Israel, which is the army of the Lord. And they killed them with a great slaughter in, at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Ezekiah and Makeda. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon that the Lord himself cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Ezekiel, and they died. Then, here's where I want to get to. Not only did, boy, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm excited about this. 
there were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. I tell you, when God fights for you, <laughs> you might as well just you might as well just hold on for dear life because God got you, and there ain't nothing nobody can do to stop it. Then verse twelve. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord. This is where I'm talking about that gift of faith. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord. This is another example of that gift of faith. That day, in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said to the, in the sight of Israel, this is Joshua now. Listen, don't miss this. Son, Joshua, when you have faith, when you have the gift of faith, like Joshua did, he spoke to the son, and the son stood still over Gibeon. Darkness was denied the right to it manifest itself until it was all over and done with. And then the moon in the valley of Ajalon, it sun, the soul, it stands still. Not only did the sun stand still over Gibeon, but in the but in the valley of Ajalon, where the sun was starting to where, where it was starting to get dark, most Joshua spoke and said, "Moon, stand still. Do not do not go. You you stay right there. Don't you move." So. The place was sufficiently illuminated to allow Joshua and the army of the Lord to go forth and to do their business. And the, so the sun, verse 13, stood still, and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Listen, is this not written in the book? And we'll get to Joshua another time. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. And the Lord will fight your battles. The Lord, by faith, if you have faith of a mustard seed, the Lord will fight your battle. But this is just another man of great faith that had the gift of faith. And any gift that God has given us has to be developed, has to be developed. So don't miss it. You have a gift for the ministry. God has called, placed you in a ministry. That gift that God has placed within you is for the ministry, not just for yourself alone, because your gift can help others. Well, that's our time. I'm sorry. Um, are, are there any prayer requests? Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, for those who may have joined us by way of talk show. I love the fact that... Uh, when I get into the Word of God, I just get so excited. I only regret that I don't have enough time. I only have 30 an hour, and that's hardly enough time to really get into it because you get so excited. I know I do. When we begin to just reveal God, begin to just expose more and more of his Word when we get into it, it's just very powerful, very simple, but it's so powerful in its meaning and in its impact on our lives. So I'm just grateful to the Lord. I'll be quiet. Uh, um, are there any on the phone call that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of their sins? God is ready right now to forgive you of your sins and to receive you into his kingdom as his child, whoever you are. Secondly, if you're looking for a church home and you don't have a church home, the spirit of the Lord is speaking to you to become a part of Jesus Christ Ministries Global, then we'd love to have you. Thirdly, if you were backslider, you had a, you had a relationship with God but somehow fell out of relationship with him, he says, I'm married to the backslider, so return to me. I promise you he will, he will receive you back without any, without any fanfare. He will just take you back. And I tell you, that's a blessing. And I tell you, the angels in heaven will rejoice. Fourthly, if um, 
if you're in need of prayer, we're standing by to pray for you as well. In any of these areas, we thank you and we welcome you to, to join us. Any, any, any prayer? Uh, you're, you're welcome to speak. If you need prayer, you're welcome to speak. We'd love to have you. And uh, if you if you don't mind, please tell us who you are. Okay, well, thank you for joining us, and uh, it was a joy having you on the call. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your precious word. We thank you for the, the illumination of your word. We thank you for giving us Lord God, uh, greater knowledge, greater understanding that we may walk more confidently in our faith in you through Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you do. We pray for those who are on the call on tonight, Lord God, and that you will move in a special way in their lives, that you will strengthen them wherever they stand in need of your assistance, Lord God. We ask now that you will touch them, Lord God, that you will assist them, and that you will guide them in the way they should go. We ask you to meet every one of their needs. We thank you, Lord God, for um, my wife and all that you're doing in her life I, and our family members, and we're grateful to you. And we're grateful to you for the ministry, God, the ministry of Jesus Christ Ministries Global. We thank you for the work that you're doing in and through this ministry, how you're touching lives, and we're blessed, Lord God, because you love us with an everlasting love. We give you glory now. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Good evening. <laughs> hey, man, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Ah, good. I'm surprised you joined us. Thought you'd be at work still. Oh, I got out in time to be listening on my way home. On your way home? Yes, sir. Wow. And you and you wow, I'm 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 grateful. I'm grateful you, you had the time to join us. Did you call on the home phone? Uh no, I call I'm uh, on my cell phone. Yeah, I know. I mean, did you call our home phone? No, I didn't. No, sir, I didn't. I had a 703 number call here, but I don't know who it was. Probably trying to get us a buy car. <clears throat> yeah, your mom's probably right trying to get us a buy car. Hello. So, hi, so how's Teresa? She's good. She's right here. Hello. Hey, Teresa. Hello. How you doing? I was thinking about you today. Uh, how's everything going with your your family? Um, it's gone. Um, Brian and I actually get ready to buy our tickets to fly back from the funeral. Okay. Uh, we really didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. Could you repeat? So this morning, Brian and I are right now um, going to the office purchasing our tickets for the funeral. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When are you all flying out? Uh, Monday evening. Um, returning Saturday, no, sorry, Monday evening, returning Wednesday evening. Okay. So you'll be back at work Thursday and Friday, huh? Yeah. Well, I will, Brian. I don't know if you could you have time off or not. Uh, next week? Yeah, I'm, I'm off all next week. Are you? 
Yes, sir. Yeah. I just swing that one. Well, I was supposed to be off anyway because I have um, 120 hours I have to use by the end of the month. Oh, that's not going to happen. Definitely not happening. So um, I just decided I was going to take time off. But, yeah, it ends up where I got time anyway. Well, um, did you um, did you guys understand what I was saying? Yes, sir. Uh, getting excited. Yeah, we were getting a little excited. So, um, but I love it. So, um, so we're still on for these for coming down. Yes, yeah. sir. Okay. Yeah, we uh we we've already paid for our tickets, so that's a good thing. What's that? Yeah. No, we're just laughing. Yeah. Uh oh. So yeah. Do you guys want us to bring anything? Um you know, a couple boxes of tile. <laughs> okay. Tell your mom to bring some uh, recipes, that's what you said? <laughs> no, it's a couple of boxes of tile. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did the dogs damage some tiles in the house that you're in now? No, we're just getting ready for the new house. For the new house. How much how much tile do you need? Uh it comes out to be uh like two thousand something. Two thousand dollars. Thousand what? The house. Two thousand square feet. Oh no, um, that's just how much it all costs. So we're we're gonna buy a big pallet, so it doesn't. We don't uh, have different shades of it. So are you? So you're not going with wood? No, sir. Yeah, because you have the dogs. Um, not only that, just the wood. The one we're going for looks a lot better. Okay. So it's kind of like a grayish black color. Ah. Okay. Almost like a slate. Yes, sir. But it's por- it's porcelain, but it's almost it looks like slate. Yeah, we just uh, I just just we just finished buying a new hot water heater because our old hot water heater had uh, rusted and it's starting to leak, and we didn't want the basement to flood, so we just got up off of uh, what is it uh, twenty three hundred twenty three hundred dollars. Sorry. We just got up about twenty three hundred dollars for for a new water hot water heater. Oof. I know. I know it. I I had plans for that, man. <laughs> it could have gone towards tile. Uh huh. Could have gone towards tile. Yeah. Bummer. But uh I thank God because we had it. To, we we have it, so we could we could take care of it. The one thing that I love about God is He He makes the provisions for you to be able to. He, when He trusts something to you, like a house or something, He always gives you He always gives you the the resources you need to take care of it, to maintain it. And I found that to be the case uh, in my in my walk with Him. And I found that. Uh, by for being a good steward and managing what he entrusts to us that we don't uh we won't 
we, we really do have enough to do everything that we need to do. And we have some left over to, to help others out. So I found that to be the case. It's very, very comforting to, to know that God is true to his word. A lot of people don't believe that, but mm-hmm. I do. And it, and I have not and I have not regretted. That's what I'm doing. Bacon, banana bread. Oh, I started to make some of that the other day. Yeah, we put chocolate chips in the house. I'm looking forward to some chocolate chip cookies with me, charm and craisins. <laughs> Say that again. You were looking for the chocolate chip cookies look crazy. Every year. Every year, okay. Oh, so we have to buy some when we get there. I'm the one that's been making cookies here lately. Yeah, but so good. <laughs> I do. I did the last batch I made was with wheat germ because we had, we didn't have, we ran out, so that's why I didn't make any the first time. Okay. Use it the first time. Yeah, they they the bomb. Yeah, your mom eats more than, than I do. Oh, get out of here! You know that's not true. She can't even stand up stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna get on the road. What do you say? I mean, are you are you on the way home? Or are you at home? Oh, we're at home. Oh, okay. So how does it feel to go to church and be at home at the same time? Better than driving. <laughs> what did you say? Better than driving. Yeah. What are you looking for, babe? Uh, I can't speak. Oh, I don't know about those. You, you got those. I'll help you pour it in. So I'm, I'm going to be pouring while she tells me what to do, what to pour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about two, two spoons? Uh, yes, two spoons would be pretty good. And don't be sloppy. <laughs> well, <laughs> use your finger. Get it up. <laughs> she wants me to help, and then she criticizes me when I help. How do you like those apples? <laughs> So what's on your mind? Everything okay? Yes, sir. We're about to try to figure out what we can what we can find to eat or make to eat. What's the uh, what's the uh, what's the weather like there? Eighty. Yeah, it's the weather temperature just started dropping. I think today we were hearing the seventies. So what's the projection for long term long range projection for the month of December? Um give me a second, I'm pulling that right back up. Hundred degrees every day, all day. Oh well <laughs> I can't come to <laughs> That's too hot. So we may have to wait till it gets a little cooler. <laughs> too late, bunch your tickets. <laughs> yeah, because we might melt. <laughs> From fervent heat. No, I'm just teasing. 
Because we didn't melt in Arizona or in Nevada. Yeah, many times we've been there. We've been in Arizona at least what uh, three times. You've been to me. I've been twice. Yeah. No, I've been more than that. Yeah, because I did my uh, internship there, so I've been more than you probably. Well, thank you guys. I know you you said you have to get something to eat, so we don't want to keep you. But thank you. Oh, we're still trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to figure that out. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're in a huge rush. <laughs> if you keep on eating after 8 o'clock, y'all going to get fat. Yeah. So it's going to be mid-70s while you guys are here. Any chance of rain? Thunderstorms on the 27th. When did we leave? The 30th? 30th? 20th? No, we leave on the 23rd. Oh, you don't know when we leave here? No, when we leave. The, the 30th. The 30th, okay. A little afternoon rain on the 30th. Okay, well, our flight leaves early in the morning, I think, so so we might miss that. There's a little rain on the 28th. But other than that, it's just sunny skies, a couple of cloudy skies, but 76 high. Low, uh, it looks like the, the lowest it gets is... I knew that we have a relative. We may have a relative that lives in Tampa. On my mother's side. Okay. Who? Which one uh, is that? Well, I don't know. My cousin is, is supposed to let me know so we can tell you. <laughs> you know, we have relatives all over the place because you said you went with a girl. I mean, not you went with a girl. You went to school with a girl that was our relative and you didn't know it was her until later. Blame me or somebody? Mm-hmm. She was mean. Really? She's one of those really? girls with a bad attitude. Maybe she was mean because she's a relative. No, just, it was just in her bones. <laughs> what? Just what in her say? bones, though. Yeah, she was, uh, well, no, she wasn't really mean. Some of the people she hung with, were, they were mean. Uh. So when did last time... So what is she doing now, you know? You know, I have no idea. I forgot her name and everything. Yeah. Shoot, I'm sure I I haven't seen my cousins in a while. Okay, though, I'm not upset by it. Today's your Uncle Billy's birthday. How old is he now? Ah, uh, 42. 42? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll shoot him a text message. Do you have his number? Uh, I think I still have it. He um periodically calls because he got me off guard one time and He's like, hey, I'm going to, I want to come down and visit. I'm like, oh, you know. Uh. <laughs> we do need to go up and visit everybody, though. Yeah, but his wife can throw down. Is uh, she can she know how to use them them colorful uh, colorful um, expletives? Yeah, right. 
She's she's skilled at using the B word. <laughs> yes, indeed. Boy, we uh, you know, I sent out everybody on New Year's Day. Everybody, you know, just happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Not New Year's Day, but Thanksgiving. And uh, everybody that I sent it to, she was on that email, on that text. And I think I will never do that again. But she just, she just cut loose, and everybody. Everybody that was on that text, family. It was just family, though. And Lord, you're on the radar call. You're on the radar call. I said, don't, don't ever do that again. <laughs> don't be sending me that kind of stuff. I don't appreciate it. Oh, you know, wow. she. Uh huh. She, she using the bees and a bees. <laughs> she she's talking about multiple bees. Yeah, buddy, I got it. Like a bee, like a bee buzzing. And I got it. And I'm like, what's that? You know, why would she send me that? Yeah, so it was. It, it was. was, it, was it, it, it disturbed me big time. That's for you. So she's a throwdown person. <laughs> Were we on that text message? Uh huh. Were we on that? We uh, weren't on that text. I know. I don't think so. Yeah, I think they were. I, I don't I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think they were. We can go back. I'm going to go back and compete. Compete for the title. Just for well, hey. <laughs> you. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> Maybe you just sent it to your family. Yeah, I think that's so. But he had sent y'all a separate one. So yeah, you're right. Right. You, you wouldn't have it. Yeah, maybe y'all didn't have it, but it was just like, what? Yeah, it was It was very, uh, it was uh, not very good. So I I assume your Uncle Billy's got his hands full, but then birds of a feather flock together. Figure out what you're going to have for dinner? Uh, I think we're gonna have wings. Beans. Wings. Wings. Hot wings. Yeah, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, um, I made some cod. I cooked some cod. <laughs> I did fried it in uh, panko breadcrumbs. Yeah. It was very crunchy, very good. And um, then I, we have a salad. We have salad and some baked potato and a baked potato. And that's about it. I mean, that was enough, though. So how's work going for you? Uh, it's still work. Still uh, getting the team right. You still you still enjoying? Sometimes. Yeah. Enough to stay with it. Yes, well, yeah, they have the responsibility of a, of a mortgage coming. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, Lord, I, I do understand. Trust me on that one. But I mean, you, got you guys have a head. You guys, you guys have good heads on your shoulders. So good heads on your shoulders. So you will, you'll be able to uh, to manage it all very well. You know, you can't just, you know, you can't just spend willy nilly. Yeah, we'll uh have to put we we figure we have a budget set aside for it. But we're not we're um probably gonna have to put five hundred aside every out of each of our checks each every uh every time we get paid. And then we yeah. that should keep us pretty low. Then we're almost finished paying the cars off, so it shouldn't yeah. Yeah, yeah we've got to destroy ourselves a little more. Yeah. Well, we've got to uh, we've got to come up. We've got to get another car here because the Mercedes got over 174, probably close to 175,000 miles on it now. So, and I need a new catalytic converter, and and uh, it has uh, some carbon buildup in in the uh, cylinder wall. So that costs a fortune to, to get all that taken care of. So I'm I've decided that. I would rather I would rather uh get a new a new vehicle than to put all that money into repairing it. So what kind of car are you guys gonna get? I don't know. It won't be another won't be another uh expensive car like that. Although that's the best car we've ever owned. The best car we've ever owned. I mean, just reliable, sturdy, safe. I just, that's the second Mercedes Benz that we've owned, but, uh, yeah, we won't, we won't look at getting another one unless they give us a great deal. And that is a great deal. <laughs> And I don't, I don't foresee that. I'm not asking the Lord for that. Although, you know, I um, you through if you go through uh, USAA, you get a discount, and then I think I get a discount as well through uh, if you guys do go that route. USAA. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, even with their discount, it's, it's you know. I guess a lot of it would hinge on the. Well, we need something, and the other reason that we need um, we need more like an SUV slash uh, SUV truck, if you will, because we've got all this equipment that we carry back and forth. Right. So I don't want to. I don't want another vehicle where, um, like the Mercedes, where I put it through that kind of uh, trauma, if you will. Yeah, I, was, and, I, I wouldn't. I, I looked at getting a truck because of the motorcycle. And when Teresa gets one, yeah, we talked about getting a pickup truck, but it has to have it have to have a bed uh, deep enough and and long enough to be able to to take uh, to be able for me to for us to be able to put the equipment in. 
and then it has to have that uh, that lid over that I can lock for safety purposes to keep it to keep the water out and uh, and also be able to take all lift off I guess if I needed to to, to carry to carry uh, wood and or or bags of uh, soil or or mulch or something. But I don't know if I want to do that either. I'm thinking the SUV the SUV truck will be the best way to go for us anyway. That way your mom can feel safe in it. Were you looking at have you looked at Jeep? And no more Jeeps for me. Oh, that bad? No, just I don't want another Jeep. I'm, I think that's Chevrolet or Ford or something like that. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.